Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you love these tales of conforming to the letter, but not the spirit of a request, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Amaron, Bill by the hour, then I want the full hour. Years ago, I worked in the head office of a national corporation. Although we were all salaried employees, everyone had to keep a weekly timesheet. We had to account for everything we worked on so our department could build the appropriate team or group for our time. This was a company-wide requirement, so it wasn't just a case of our leaders micromanaging. The least time you could log was the 15-minute increment. Every minute of the day couldn't be billed to other departments, so we had a code that was billed to our own team's budget. This was used for general tasks not specifically attached to any ongoing projects, like checking emails, status meeting your manager, training and development, and even filling in the timesheet. Management emphasized that we should use our team code as little as possible. I later learned that the less time billed to our team's code meant a bigger pool of bonus money for our whole team at the end of the year. One of the internal services that regularly billed our team's code was IT. Anytime we needed computer support, they'd send an agent who would troubleshoot and fix the problem. When the work was done, they'd get us to sign a work order so they could bill our team. No big deal. About a year after I joined the company, the IT department changed their billing protocols. While every other group in our company would bill you in 15-minute increments, IT decided that they'd bill in one-hour increments. No idea how they sold that to the VPs, but no one objected. So if IT only took 15 minutes to solve my issue, they'd still bill my team's code for an hour. It didn't take long for my bosses to notice that our team's code was being billed a lot more than it had in previous months. But no one connected the dots and tied it to the new IT billing practices. Cue malicious compliance. Here's how my next encounter with the on-site IT agent went. IT said, all done, please sign this invoice. I say, this invoice is for one hour's work. You were only here 15 minutes. They say, new policy, just sign it. I say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. IT said, I don't have time to argue. We're really busy and I have to move on to the next ticket ASAP. Tell you what, I won't bill you for this visit, but next time you'll have to sign regardless of how quickly we can solve your problem. This happened a few more times and I continued to object to any bill that didn't reflect the actual time spent on my issues. They kept agreeing to give me a free pass this time. After about the fourth or fifth time, the IT agent finally stood his ground. He said, you have to sign this invoice. I say, I'll gladly sign it in 45 minutes. Once you've been here a full hour, feel free to pull up a chair and sit down. He was clearly frustrated, but he decided to call my bluff. He sat down. A minute later, he pulled out his laptop and started working on something else. I said, what are you doing? They said, getting caught up on a few things while I wait out the hour. I say, oh no, this is my time. You're not allowed to work on anything else for anyone else. They say, what do you expect me to do? Just sit here and do nothing? 
I say yes, if you want me to sign that invoice, then you'll sit there and do nothing until the hour is up. This guy was stubborn, so he did indeed sit there for the rest of my hour. I signed the invoice, and he went on his way. I shared the story with my colleagues, and they all decided to do the same the next time they needed IT support. This went on for about a week, then IT changed their tune. They no longer asked anyone on my team to sign off on any invoice unless the job actually took an hour or longer. It turned out that they were generating so many billable hours doing this to every team across the company that dealing with our malicious compliance wasn't worth it. They chose to service our team for free rather than give up those other 45 minutes they could bill to two or three other departments at an hour each. That year, our team saw nice bonuses when we had a massive surplus of funds in the team's budget. I heard the IT team made out like bandits on their bonuses, while many other teams saw little to nothing. The next year, the whole internal billing system was overhauled. We didn't have to account for our time anymore, and IT stopped issuing anyone invoices. All billing was managed at a more senior level. If you worked for a company whose billing structure was so messed up like this one, Would you be willing to fudge a few things or less than accurate things in order to get a few more billings in for your team, knowing that if you did so, it could get you better bonuses? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Stitchy Witch Lich. Whilst getting ready for my engagement party, father-in-law handed me his shirt and told me to iron it for him because I'm a woman. I ruined it. My father-in-law had traveled down to attend mine and my fiance's engagement party. He was getting ready and staying at my house. I had my hair half curled and my makeup half done, with not much time left. I was visibly rushing. He handed me his shirt and said, iron this for me. Apparently, being a woman gave me the necessary qualifications for being the chief ironer. I took it off him with a smile and ironed the vinyl, I think, print on the highest setting and ruined his shirt. Oops. Sorry, father-in-law. I don't know why you thought I'd be good at ironing, but I'm terrible at it. I tried my best, though. He had to wear an ill-fitting replacement for my fiancé. He ironed that one himself. I'm not gonna lie though, I definitely don't know how to iron. I think it's kind of simple though, right? You just, you just turn it on and when it's hot, you just kind of like brush out the wrinkles or something, right? I'm pretty much a pro. Our next story is by NoWay6986. You don't want to let me go? Okay, then I'll stay, but not as you think. So last year, after three years of unemployment and the last two of them trying to qualify for better work, After I passed only theoretical exams but not the practical, I decided to take a break and clear my head before I try again. I was at home one month, bored as freak, and decided to take the first job I got from my unemployment services. I said from the beginning that I'll try, that I'm bored at home and it's not my first choice of work, I'll only stay as long as I'm feeling okay. A month ago, I said I'll start to search for something else, but I'll stay at least until they find a replacement for me. Everything was okay, work was good, but around the same time, our leader started to bully me. You have to do this and that, you forgot this, you made a mistake and you have to cover it from your salary. You're not finished with your tasks in that 8 hour shift, you stay until you're finished, without pay. I had enough. I found something better, and I gave them my notice. I tried to make it friendly, but my boss, who had no idea that I want to go until he got my notice, said I can give my notice only on Sunday and I have to stay two weeks later. Okay, boss, I said I'll do it. I worked that day, and before my shift ended, I started to complain about back pain and other stuff. After my shift was done, I didn't give a fork about unfinished tasks. I said the next shift that I'm sorry, I did my best, I can't do any more, and home I went. 
The next day, I called my doctor, a wonderful one who's always covered my butt when I told him I needed a break from work, school, etc. And he told me I need infusions for three days in a row, therapy, and at least 10 days that I'm not allowed to work. I sent my boss all the details. Aftermath, today, my boss called ready to end our contract early because it's cheaper for him to end our contract than to pay me until the end of notice for my sick leave. I tried to tell you, but you didn't want to hear it. And if you force me to do something I don't want, well, it won't be cheap for you. OP actually clarified that they did have actual back issues. So honestly, I think it's great that not only did the doctor help them out and get them that time off, but like they were also probably getting actual treatment that they needed. Like, that was probably rest and care that OP really could use. Our next story is by Tim Shimke. Microsoft Windows is free? Sure, I'll install a trial version that's free. I worked in a computer repair store as part of my internship and encountered an unreasonable lady. The job was simple. The lady wanted to reformat her computer because her computer was acting up. As part of the standard operating procedure, I need to inform the customer on service being rendered and the final cost where they'll sign it off in case of any dispute. In a bid to get the best bang for her buck, she adamantly requested that we upgrade her operating system from Windows XP to Windows Vista without additional cost. I kindly advised her that it's more of a downgrade than an upgrade. There are additional costs involved if she wants to purchase the license for it. The lady went into a rage and said I'm trying to scam her because Windows is supposed to be free. I decided to call my manager and after some discussion, my manager decided to let her know that there's a trial version of Windows Vista which we can install for her, but she will need to purchase her own license later on. I wrote on the forum stating that we'll do a reformat on her computer and install a trial version of Windows Vista which I repeatedly told her that once the 30 days are up, she won't be able to use her computer properly. She promptly signed it, came back a few days later to collect her computer, and even gave me a smirk as a sign of victory. Sorry madam, you are not having the last laugh here. To nobody's surprise, after 30 days or so, the lady called in and complained about why her computer was no longer working and demanded that we send someone over and fix the problem ASAP. My manager took the phone, explaining to her that we had warned her about the dangers before she signed it off. The lady was very furious on the phone and hung up on my manager afterwards. I don't know how many people out there can relate or even remember Windows Vista, but I will always die on the hill that I actually really liked Windows Vista. I thought it was cool. I think it got a bad rap because it had safety features that people got annoyed about, but nowadays is actually like the standard still. And also it was kind of resource intensive, so older computers coming from XP probably were kind of slow. But I thought it was good and I thought it did a lot of cool new things. This next story is by Mental Glass Ceiling. Don't want to tone it down? You're gonna have to. So this happened almost a decade back when I was in college. I had this roommate who generally was a very nice guy but imagined his blanket to be a soundproof chamber. Every night, without fail, he would call his girl and the conversation would always end up being dirty. I tried avoiding it at first, but things got out of control when he got super audible. I brought it up one day, but he just gave me this deal with it shrug. Cue malicious compliance. When I got back that night, he was already in the blanket and the conversation had already started. I laid down and as soon as the conversation got very dirty, I called for him. He looked at me weird and asked me what's up. I went, can you talk a little louder? It's hard for me to do my business this way. My man was speechless. 
He ended the conversation in two minutes, and that was the last time he talked dirty to her in bed. I can just imagine like doubling up on that, like afterwards the next morning, being like, bro, that stuff was so hot what you said, like go to give him a high five and everything. Oh, don't worry, I washed my hands. This next story is by Twas Inevitable, $400 to hand something to someone on a ladder. I work in IT and fix things that are broken. A wireless access point is the thing that lets you get Wi-Fi internet and sometimes they break. They're about the size of an iPad. They get mounted to ceilings in a little clip that's essentially slide in, slide out. Super easy stuff. I brought it up in my daily work meeting, what work I was doing today, and got called out for doing it myself. I already went over, unplugged the device to make sure it was broken, and put it back. It's no different going to replace it. However, since it's dealing with wall cabling and power, these devices get their power from a data cable that runs to it, power over ethernet, we're told to contact a low voltage vendor to come do the work for us. That way they're the ones climbing ladders and we don't screw with building power. Just got a quote back and it's going to cost $400 for a guy to show up, climb up a ladder about three and a half feet, unplug an access point and plug in a new access point I hand him while standing beside him. I cannot stress how easy this work is enough. Plugging in is the same thing as plugging an internet cord into your computer, game console, etc. The hardest part of the job for him will be finding parking. At the end of the day, I get my hourly rate whether I'm standing there or doing the work myself, so I don't care either way, just thought it was pretty silly. Three and a half feet off the ground? That's like standing on top of a whole four-year-old kid. That's pretty dangerously high, better make sure this $400 contractor does it. I feel like whoever ordered that was just a little too paranoid and had no idea how the access point actually works. Something would have to be seriously wrong to go wrong. And our final story of the day is by Electronic Bear 4869 Prodigy Malicious Complier. I had no idea about this until today, but apparently I've been a malicious complier from a very young age. I think it was about 8. My parents are divorced, and this particular year, I spent the days after Christmas at my dad's house. His girlfriend, now wife, brought our young niece, most likely the same age as I was. We were expected to get along as all young girls are, but our niece was not a very nice person. After opening presents, I went to the bathroom and returned to see that she had scribbled and wrote her name on my gift. My father was not financially well off either, so it was my only gift. She had gotten her own gift, but decided she wanted mine as well. I cried and told my dad, but he didn't seem to care very much. After that fiasco, my dad offered to take me to the store so we could make breakfast. Like I said, my parents are divorced, and this would be the only one-on-one time we would spend together, but the thief decided she wanted to come as well. During our grocery trip, we were constantly arguing and my dad was tired of it. We finally left, and she started screaming that she wanted to push the cart. My father told her that I would push the cart instead. She then started screaming and causing a scene because now she wanted to sit in the front seat, which is totally illegal, but whatever. Then I got a great idea. I told her she could push the cart and then ran so I could get to the front seat first. Then to dig more salt into the wound, I let her put her seatbelt on, then turned and said, so sad, too slow. I'm pretty sure I got in trouble after that, but it was worth it. Also, I don't hold a grudge against her. We were both young and just wanted attention. 
This actually like takes me back. Like I haven't thought about being too young to sit in the front seat for so long. It makes me think about how my dad used to let me, but my mom wouldn't. It's just one of those things that like as you go on through life, you don't think about. I don't know if it's illegal or if it was just like a strongly worded guideline, but it said like on the back of the mirror, under a certain age should sit in the back seat. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.